Join us now for Education Matters, a weekly look at the real people and real stories in education across North Carolina. Welcome to Education Matters, presented by the Public School Forum of North Carolina. I'm Keith Poston. Some of North Carolina's top-rated high schools are what are commonly referred to as early college high schools. These schools allow students to earn college credits while working towards graduation and are typically paired with a local community college or university. The North Carolina Senate now wants to end funding for them. This week, we talked to early college leaders, students, and a researcher about the plan to defund them, including the 2019 Principal of the Year, Matt Bristow-Smith, who also happens to lead one of these schools in Edgecombe County. Before we tackle our main topics, we open with the headlines, our quick scan of education headlines across North Carolina and the U.S. Earlier this year, we reported on a high number of North Carolina teachers failing a math recertification exam. Teachers in school districts have been seeking a legislative remedy, warning that the state is in danger of losing many good teachers who are having problems passing the test. These, teacher, these teachers face losing their jobs in less than three weeks unless a deal is struck between the House and the Senate. State legislators have rejected a request by some school districts for a delay in implementing a new state mandate to place high-scoring students in advanced math courses. State legislators passed the law last June saying many bright, low-income students are being excluded from advanced classes. Now, some districts, including Wake County, say lack of new state funding or specifics on how to carry out the requirements are creating problems. Finally, the state's Charter Advisory Board is standing behind two proposed Wake County charter schools despite concerns raised by the State Board of Education, county school leaders, and some PTA groups that the area is oversaturated with charters. The State Board did not approve the two schools and sent them back to the Charter Advisory Board, who then declined to consider changes and it now heads back to the State Board. Remember, you can visit the Public School Forum's website at ncforum.org, click on Education Matters, and read more about each of these headlines, as well as all the other topics we cover each week. As I said at the top of the show, we're going to talk about early college high schools and a Senate budget that defunds them. And who better to start with than the 2019 North Carolina Principal of the Year, Matt Bristow-Smith, who is uh, the principal of Edgecombe Early College High School. Sitting next to Matt is Dr. Beth Glennie. She is a senior education research analyst with RTI International. And RTI, along with the, uh, with the CERV Institute out of uh, UNC Greensboro, has been studying mm -hmm. early college high schools for many years. So, so thank you so much for both being here. All right, Matt, I want to start with you. Well, first, congratulations Thanks, on the honor for being principal of the year. That's very cool. And, and I, we were just mentioning earlier, um, you're a, you are a North Carolina teaching fellow. Yep. We had uh, Mariah Morris on last week, who was our North Carolina teacher of the year. And I believe this is the first year ever we've had former teaching fellows to be both that. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Um, tell me about your school. Tell me about your school and about your students, Edgecombe Early College High School. Okay, so Edgecombe Early College High School, uh, located on the campus of Edgecombe Community College, we are a very small high school. We're a part of the Cooperative Innovative High School Network. Uh, our legislated mission is to provide opportunities for first-generation college students to complete their high school diploma requirements and also to earn credits and uh, credentials for their associate's degree or vocational CTE credentials. Uh, we also offer acceleration for students, so if you walk down the hallways of our school, you're going to see a tremendous amount of diversity, uh, but you're also going to see students that are woven together by a common thread that they are going to graduate from us with their associate's degree from college or with CTE certificates. And we do a fantastic job nurturing relationships with them and, and holding them to really high expectations, but also a high degree of support. Right. 
Now you mentioned you caught you actually referred to them as, as cooperative innovative high schools. And I should say that's actually I guess the legislated name for these schools. Right. Um, what makes this school, your school, different from other high schools in Edgecombe County? So uh, our school operates on a cohort model. Students uh, apply to come to our school and they come to us in ninth grade. They stay with us for five years. Uh, we're very, very small and uh, we are structured in such a way that students can begin taking college courses as early as ninth grade. So many of our students that just completed their freshman year uh, in high school already have their first few college credits under their belts. And by the time they reach their fifth year, which we call their super senior year, these students are on track to leave us with 60 uh, hours of college credit. It allows them to go into their four-year university um, as, ju as juniors, and it allows them to uh, really begin their post-secondary education with a post-secondary credential already under their belt. So being on the five-year plan at your school is actually a really good thing as opposed to maybe some of the things we talked about when we were when I was in college. They're like, yeah, I'm on the I'm on the five-year plan. All right, Beth, I want to ask you, you've been studying these schools now for how many years? About 13 years. 13 years. Yes. Well, I, I wasn't even where they had been around that long. Um, what Matt just described about his the structure and model mm -hmm. of the school, is that um, is that consistent? There's 133 of these schools across the state. Is that consistent with what they generally look like? Yes, uh, yes. Early college high schools are really set up to blend high school and college learning. And they do that by being located on a community college or four-year campus. Uh, some programs are four years, but others are five years. And because they're set up that way, students have the opportunity to finish high school with an associate's degree or two years of transferable credit into the university system. Yeah, and I want to get into that. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, I mean, a, a ninth grade student, I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm familiar with students taking a, a class here or there, but are they, at, at that point, are they ready to be taking what would be college level classes? I mean, based on sort of the research and what the models look like, and I'll ask Matt that too. They succeed. They succeed. We, so, we show that they succeed. And not just on average or all students, but when we look at subgroups of students who are less likely to go to college, those who are economically disadvantaged and those who are maybe the first in their family to go to college, the benefits of early college is greater for them. It benefits all of the students, but those students get an additional benefit. Yeah, I saw, actually, I have, I have some of your research right in front of me. 90% um, of first-generation students, basically ones who would mm -hmm. be the first generation of their family to go to college, um, are, you know, are, are entering college versus 68% of first-generation students who aren't in an early college high school. So, I mean, clearly, like you said, there, there does seem to be um, research that says that this early college high school model is particularly beneficial to those kinds of students. Yes, and and so the students in these early colleges, they go the distance academically right. in high school and and beyond. Um, what do you think that is, Matt? I mean, what, what is it about, I mean, um, I don't know, I hate to, I mean, is there, is it the model, is it the support, is it is a challenge, I mean, what do you think it is from the students, and you're looking at students who maybe and I hate to say these were these were look. You're, we're going to meet a couple students in a minute. These are these are exceptional mm -hmm. students. So they're these are not um, necessarily students who weren't going anywhere. But the but the goal of the um, program was to target students who may not would be more at risk of not graduating from high school or not going on to college. Mm -hmm. What do you think it is that makes it um, 
successful? So I think there are a number of different factors, Keith, that impact why students are successful in any school. Um, at early colleges, there are some specific factors that we can point to that, that really um, accelerate student success. One of those is that we have really clear pathways for students where coming into a high school in ninth grade, we're able to predict where they'll be five years later and to set them on a path to get them there. Uh, another piece that is really critical is that we have really high academic expectations that's matched with really high levels of support for students and also individualization. So our goal isn't to move students through their ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th and 13th grades as um, products on an assembly line. We really differentiate and individualize the student experience. And then I think the third thing that is really critical, Keith, and uh, this is true of all schools, but particularly at early colleges, the scale of our schools is smaller. And in general, we're able to have very, very close personal mm -hmm. relationships with students and also with families. And so one of the things that research tells us across the board about education is that high quality relationships accelerate and amplify and optimize learning for students. Uh, relationships help pedagogy to be better. They help um, every, really everything about a school mm -hmm. to be um, more impactful. And I guess you would, and that's that's the research you've been looking at is what the is you know, is that is that the model is that what's working? Yes, and and to that I would add that there are many logistical challenges to applying for college, to understanding how to do that and the forms, not to mention doing a financial aid form and all of these things. And if you don't have a social network that can give you the information of that. You know, right. I think kids are, are a little lost, whereas early colleges, they, they provide that counseling to everyone. Uh, at, a well, you know, at a traditional high school, they may not have enough counselors to, to right. help kids with that. Well, speaking of the counselors and, the, and sort of these special things, that's part of what this is about, is about funding. Um, the state of North Carolina has been providing 300,000, had been providing $300,000 a year per school in state mm -hmm. funding, supplemental funding. Mm -hmm. um, the proposal that's currently being debated this week in, in the General Assembly is that um, they would cut that, basically, it's already been cut, it was actually cut um, by about $2 million two years ago, mm. about 10% of the budget, but in two years, mm. a school like yours would be completely um, defunded, yep. would not get any support. What kind of impact would that have on your school? Uh, Keith, not to overly simplify it, but it would shut the doors of my school. And it would shut the doors of a lot of early colleges in tier one counties especially. Um, one of the things that makes early colleges so impactful is that when we're located in the poorest school systems in our state, um, tier one counties, these are pathways to college for kids that are growing up in school systems that have contracting property tax bases, they have contracting populations. There just isn't the local tax base to support early colleges. Um, and so that's why state funding is so critical because state funding ensures a level of equity across the state. And, um, and, and so this proposed legislation is so troubling to many of us because it would toss the responsibility for maintaining early colleges and keeping their doors open back to the local municipalities and school districts. And, and that would, for, for school systems that are already struggling, um, that would be the straw that breaks the camel's back. I mean, it's hard to imagine. I mean, I, I mean I'm pretty familiar with Edgecombe County Schools, an extra $300,000 uh, again, with a tax base and, and a stretch budget would be, uh, like you said, pretty pretty impossible for them yeah. to make up. And Keith, you know, just to put it in perspective, Edgecombe County um, is uh, has the second highest property tax base right. in the entire state. And yeah. they, they do what they can with what they've got, right? And, and what you see of, of poor counties in particular is that they tend to have property tax rates that are twice mm -hmm. as high as um, wealthier counties. And yet they spend, on average, about five times less 
by, at the county level upon student expenditures. And so this really is an equity issue. It's really an opportunity issue. When you look at 133 schools across the state and you think about withdrawing funding, supplemental funding for those schools, what you're impacting is uh, counselor positions. You're right. impacting college liaisons. You're impacting uh, textbooks. You're impacting the glue that makes a school work. Because as, as impactful as teachers are to uh, to the way a school operates, they're not the only thing that's necessary for a school to run. Well, we're gonna we are we are gonna have to wrap up because I want to introduce our audience to two awesome students who just went through the schools. But this has been really helpful. Um, thank you both for being here today, and we're going to continue our discussion with a couple of students after a brief commercial break. Uh, we'll talk to them before we go to break. See if you can answer this question. True or false, nearly half of the teachers who leave the state's public schools to pursue a different career are in their first five years of teaching. Education Matters is brought to you each week in part by Town Bank, serving others, enriching lives. Did you correctly answer true? Nearly half of North Carolina teachers who lead the profession do so in their first five years. In fact, the overall turnover rate for teachers classified as beginning teachers is substantially higher than the more experienced teachers. Now, joining us to continue our discussion about proposed early college high school cuts are two students who can tell us firsthand about their early high school, early college high school experience. To my left, we have Aaron Penny. Aaron has been at the uh, Johnston County Early College Academy. And next to him is Bardwaj Chintalapati. Um, Bardwaj is with, with the Wake Early College of Health and Sciences. So guys, thanks so much for being on Education Matters. All right, let me, um, first of all, let's, let's sort of set where we are. Both of you, uh, or Aaron, you, both of you just finished, mm -hmm. uh, I guess what we were just talking to with um, uh, Principal uh, Bristow Smith, your, your super seniors. You're, so you're done at the two schools and heading on to your next step. So tell me what sort of, what, sort of where you are and what your plans are. Um, I graduated as valedictorian and summa cum laude of Johnson County Early College Academy with a 5.0 GPA and a 4.0 unweighted GPA. Okay. I'm currently going to transfer with around 81 credits from Johnson County, or Johnson Community College rather, and I'm wanting to go to NC State for computer science in the engineering field. Well, that's one of the things I'm, I'm really interested in. I want to talk to y'all about the 80-some 80, 80 co uh, college credit hours, which uh, I know parents who are watching mm -hmm. the show know. Those are dollars that didn't you weren't having to invest. Mm -hmm. well, how about you, Bartowicz? What's your where are you and sort of what's your plans? Yeah, I graduated from Wakerley College of Health and Sciences, and uh, I graduated with 67 college credits. Wow. I'll be heading to Washington University in St. Louis in their Beyond Boundaries program okay. as a pre-med, hopefully. And Wonderful, wonderful. So let me ask you, why did you decide to pursue the early college high school path? Let me ask you first, Aaron. I think the biggest thing that really drew me in the early colleges is that you have to apply to a college or a, to a, a high school like that. And I think that first step kind of weeds people out that don't really care about their education. And it ends up making everybody in that school really dedicated towards wanting to learn. And I think that creates a, an ecosystem that is unlike any other. My brother goes to a, a regular high school and my two stepsisters as well go to that same regular high school that I would have gone to. And I can definitely say that the opportunities that I have been given, they have not been given. Right, right. And that, that's your, 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 your one of the things we heard from the researcher is that um, you do have a much higher sort of college going rate and I guess what you from at least your perspective it is a little bit of self-selection that uh, mm -hmm. you sort of know what you're getting to. Bardwatch, what about you? Why did you um, make the decision to go um, go for Wake County's uh, version? 
Yeah, uh, Wake Early College of Health and Sciences, I guess one of the main reasons why I chose to apply there was simply because I knew I wanted to do something in health science and I believe, and I saw of it almost like in intermediate school you might see outside of America, right. where given in those last two or three years that you stay, uh, you have the choice to create your own schedule for courses in a college setting, where it's not just a college course with college course load, it's a college experience almost. So it really kind of, I mean, I guess we would say the difference, I mean, obviously you, you went there, but you know that, I mean, you felt like it was a little more, you were sort of in charge of sort of what pace you were going yeah. to and, and a little more free, which is a lot like what college is, I guess. Is it uh, your similar experience at Johnston? Mm -hmm. I'm definitely way more prepared than anybody I know that's going to a regular high school. Um, I've taken a lot of really high-level college classes, including all of my calculus classes. Um, I've gotten all those knocked out of the way. So whenever I go to NC State, I'm ready to just jump on the computer science train and go as far as I can. Well, yeah, did, did college affordability factor into either of your decision about pursuing this? I mean, look, I mean, this, the, the college debt crisis is real. I mean, we, I mean, you hear the stories now, you know, students graduating with fifty, dollars $100,000 in college debt. They pay college loans for 20 years and they still owe $50,000. I mean, was this something that uh, either you or your parents talked about as far as this might be something that could, I mean, you're going to be starting out Let's say you only get your undergraduate degree. I mean, you know, I don't know what your plans are for. Uh, I mean, you could be looking at tens of thousands of dollars less. It has definitely played an important part in why I went to an early college. Um, I would have gone to a, a four-year university anyway, even if I didn't get into an early college. But having all of those courses ready to be transferred and not paying not paying a dime for any of them really um, has really put me a step ahead, and it's prepared me in a way that I couldn't have gotten anywhere else. I remember taking a linear algebra course. Now um, certain CCP students, which are students that go to a JCC, which is my, co my Johnston Community College, College. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, students that go there are from regular high schools, they can't take a linear algebra course because it's a certain, it's not in their CCP program pathway. And that's one of the courses that really inspired me towards going to computer science. And because I went to early college, I was able to take that class and experience what it had to offer. Well, that's actually, you, you just, that was one of the questions I wanted to ask both of you. You already answered it. Did your experience um, at the school, I guess, kind of change or shape maybe either what your college path might be or like maybe a career that you sort of sort of try or do things differently and then now maybe you've kind of going in a different direction? Absolutely. I mean, when you look at, since we don't just get access to, uh, in my case, Wake Tech uh, un is undergraduate courses and coursework, we also have access to their facilities. And uh, being able to do undergraduate research, in my case, I was able to just send an email, since it was really easy just to do that, send an e one or two emails in one day, and then I knew it. I was in Dr. Nunez's lab plating soil samples. And being able to get hands-on experience with things that otherwise wouldn't be accessible to me, allowed me to kind of get those skills and see what I really wanted to do. Is this something that I liked? Is this, yeah. What, um, um, anything specific, I mean, you mentioned the structure, but what the, um, what the, the experience was like that was different from what your understanding of what a typical high school? I think the biggest thing for me, something that really impacted my life significantly, was being able to schedule your classes and to have that freedom to kind of put this class in this block and this class in this block and make free blocks throughout the day so you can also have a job on the side. Um, I currently have been employed by Johnson County Emergency Services for about three and a half years, um, working in their emergency operations center, especially helping out during Hurricane Matthew, Hurricane Florence, um, helping rebuild 
people's houses that have lost literally everything due to flooding. Um, I've helped with um, active shooter scenarios and exercises with our schools as well. So kind of giving back to our schools, making them more protective and more safe. Um, I've helped with hazmat scenarios with our schools. Um, and a lot of that stuff, a lot of the capabilities that I was able to, to harness within doing that training, I learned from the project-based learning at our schools. Right. And both of you guys, I mean, you both have done some, some sort of medical-related things. You've been working with EMT. I mean, you've done some work, actually gotten what it was provisional. You've been doing some provisional patent on, yes, some, on, yeah. on, on, a, on something for bed sores of people yeah. who have dealt with it in the hospital. So, again, do, let me ask you both of you as we, as we sort of wrap up. Did, do you think that um, you feel more prepared for just entering the career? Did it sort of help smooth that transition from school to the workplace? Let's start with you, Bardwash. Absolutely. I mean, I guess one of the big things that I really liked about Wake Early College was simply that these classes are diverse. Uh, not just culturally, but you have different age groups of people coming to, in my case, Wake, Wake Technical class, Wake Technical Community College classes. Right. And I learned a lot of, from just speaking to people who were in different age groups from me and being able to just get advice that really changed me and right. helped me mature. Last word from you, Aaron. Um, sort of, I guess, you, th from that, did it get you? And also, I guess, what would you tell legislators who are considering um, defunding um, uh, a program like yours? I would say that programs like this are some of the most successful colleges, and, or not colleges, but rather high school, high school slash college combos, early colleges. Um, they really stand out when it comes to statistics. If you look at statistics for Johnston County, I know early college, our early college is up there really high, and that would allow for the, the statistics, the average statistics of Johnston County schools to look a lot better. Because these college, or these early college programs, um, they have a lot of students that are very passionate about what they're doing, what they want to do, what, how they learn, and how to apply that knowledge to outside of the school system and outside of the school walls. Well, I, look, I really appreciate both of you guys. You're, you're both impressive students. Good luck at State, at Washington. Thank you. Come back to North Carolina and work <laughs> here, right? That's what we want you here. So, but like, thank yeah. you most. Congratulations to both of you. After the break, this week's final word. When the Senate passed its budget a couple weeks ago, the defunding of the state's early college high schools seemed to catch most observers by surprise. Perhaps it shouldn't have. In 2017, the General Assembly cut $2.2 million on an annual basis from these schools without much public discussion or explanation. This came at a time when budget surpluses were being reported and new tax cuts for the state's largest corporations were being enacted. It was also at the same time significant new dollars were flowing to new school privatization and school choice efforts. Now, this wouldn't be the first time a successful nationally recognized public education program was inexplicably axed. See North Carolina Teaching Fellows that I mentioned earlier. Now, set aside for the moment the debate between public schools and private choice options, it's clear these early college high schools are working. They are graduating students at higher rates, many considered high risk for dropping out who are now leaving high school with professional certifications, associate's degrees, and credit hours that can significantly reduce their college expenses and debt like it's doing for these two impressive students you just met today. It literally makes no sense at all. Legislators on both sides of the aisle claim to support public schools, then why are these successful public high schools that are helping so many students and their families being targeted? Let's hope common sense prevails. That's it for this week's show. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next week.